What's up, GMackers? Welcome to episode 102, our second episode of Talking GMAC. Before we get in to all the nitty gritty, I just want to take a few minutes to say thank you for all the support as we launched our very first episode of our very first podcast here at the Great Midwest last week. And we couldn't be more thankful for, for all the support that we got and for all of you that tuned in to listen. And we hope that, that you continue to stick around. Um, we're very excited. We've got a jam-packed podcast for you this week. We're going to talk cross-country with our defending Great Midwest champion coaches on and, and Rob Mazico from Walsh and Jeff Bollinger from Cedarville on a little bit later. Plus, we've got a special guest, as I mentioned, in Gabby Woods from the University of Finley. She's going to talk a little bit about her summer and competing in the U.S. Amateur. But before we get started, just want to remind you guys, make sure you're following us on social media at Great Midwest ASC and make sure you've downloaded our app the Great Midwest Digital Network app so that you can watch this podcast plus any Great Midwest home games anywhere you are right from your phone. So don't forget to to download that app. It's a really handy thing that we've got going on and we hope that that makes it a lot easier for you guys to to watch your favorite GMAC teams as well as talking GMAC each week um, on the Great Midwest Digital Network. As I mentioned, we're going to start with some headlines from around the league, as we always will. Ashland football drops to number 21 in the latest AFCA Top 25 poll after a 24-17 loss to IUP over the weekend. The Eagles will host top-ranked and defending D2 national champions Ferris State on Saturday. The Tiffin Dragons made school history on the gridiron over the weekend, scoring 79 points in their route of McKendry. The Dragons are now receiving votes in the latest AFCA poll. On the pitch, the Ashland women move into the United Soccer Coaches poll after downing number eight Grand Valley over the weekend. The Eagles sit at number 16, while the Cedarville women jump up to 18 this week after starting the season at 2-0. On the volleyball court, Hillsdale and Finley are now both receiving votes in the latest coaches poll. Finley and Trevecca Volleyball both took down nationally ranked opponents this week in Colorado Mines and Lynn, respectively. And finally, as I mentioned, cross-country is going to be one of the topics of this week's podcast. And a handful of cross-country teams finding themselves in the preseason rankings. On the women's side, Cedarville slots in at 11th, while Hillsdale is tied for 30th. And on the men's side, Cedarville comes in at 24 and Walsh at 30th. You can also find the first Great Midwest Athletes of the Week list by scanning the code on your screen or visiting our website at greatmidwestsports.com. In NCAA Division II, student-athletes leave a lasting impression on their communities. That's because Division II student-athletes want to make a difference and truly be part of their surrounding communities. Through community engagement, thousands of student-athletes from various backgrounds interact with community members who view them as role models. This interaction leaves a positive and perhaps even life-changing impression on all those involved. In Division II, we rise to the opportunity and make community engagement ours. Well, we're joined now by head cross-country coach at Walsh, Rob Mazico. Thanks for joining the pod with us. Yeah, it's very nice to be here. Well, you know, we're 
we're previewing kind of our cross country season and, and as things really get kicked off here, um, as all of our fall sports really get kicked off, um, you know, we just kind of want to talk about, you know, what that beginning of the season is like for a cross country team. Um, the, the Walshman's team, obviously the defending GMAC champs, uh, what kind of pressure or what kind of, um, you know, momentum does that give to this squad heading into the 2023 season? Uh, well, going into 23 season, it's a little bit different than what it's been in the past. Um, we lost some big time seniors. I mean, you lose Zach Kraft and you got a big hole to fill um, because we last year we were really scoring four against everybody's five, which is a huge advantage. Um, and then we had a couple hit the transfer portal. Um, so it's a, it's a completely new look for us. Uh, but we also have, you know, on the men's side, we have four guys coming back with national meet experience um, because we've been there for a couple years in a row now. So we do have experience. We have good youth. Um, there's a whole slew of list of guys that can be in the mix to contribute for the team. And, you know, it's, it's kind of weird being in an underdog role because we really are. Um, at least on paper, on an under in an underdog role after all the losses we had at the end of twenty three, uh, at the end of twenty two season. But yeah, it's um, it's going to be fun. We're looking forward to it. I'm as coach, I'm looking forward to this season as much as any other season I've ever coached. I, I like the challenge, and I like where my team came into camp. They're very fit and excited. Well, you talk about, you mentioned Zach Kreff, obviously the collegiate achievement winner and a national performer. Um, when you lose leadership like him and some of those other seniors that you may have lost, um, where do you look for, for some of the guys on the team this year to step up? What are some of those roles that you're kind of looking for when you lose a chunk of guys like that? Um, it's, you, you just hope that they follow the leadership that the graduates have you know, provided for them for the last couple of years. And I'm seeing that right now. I'm seeing, you know, a national All-American in Mitchell Dunham stepping up um, and a, a senior class stepping up that has been there um, for the last three years that are excited to get after it and, uh, you know, basically put their name in the history books of Walsh Cross Country and, you know, make a difference and try to keep us on top of the team standings. Well, you talked about you really liked where your team's at heading into the 23 season. You liked what you saw at camp. Who are some of those people that, that we need to be watching out for, that you hope that we need to be watching out for um, as we head into those first few meets? Well, obviously, Mitchell Dunham comes off a track um, really strong. Um, and then you have guys like Drew Monahan that was my – it was our number two at the national meet two years ago, um, but wasn't in our lineup last year. Um, he's very fit right now. Anthony Toskin's very fit right now. Another fourth year guy that scored well for us in the steeplechase and track. Um, Xavier Foles healthy this year. Xavier uh, didn't race last year for us. Uh, he had an injury over the summer, so he's redshirted. So he's healthy and he's been in our top five in the past. Um, then we have a good group of freshmen that came in, a good group of juniors. Um, it really, it's, I mean, we go, one of our strengths is our depth 
And I really think we go 16, 17 deep on this men's team this year. So for me to just start naming names, I'd be going on forever because like I said, they, they've worked so hard and um, I, I really can't even predict who's going to be in that top seven at the end um, because we're so deep right now and it, it looks good. We may not have the, the front running that we had with Zach last year, but we're still going to be all right. Well, that sounds like a good problem to have as a coach if there's too many to name. Well, in saying that, you, you kick off the season here. What are some of the things that you're looking for in, in these first few races from your guys to hopefully kind of set the tone for what's to come in 2023? Well, I hope we step up, um, in the, especially in the second half of the races. I mean, it's been several years. Everyone's gunning for us. Um, and this year, like I said on paper, it looks like Teams like Cedarville, Tiffin, you know, have really closed the gap. Um, so we know they're going to come after us and they're going to come after us hard. And I want them to, you know, run together, uh, close that gap and see if we can run as a team and turn some heads by the end of the season and hopefully, uh, you know, make a run at the national meet again. You know, it's, it's kind of a, you know, something that's been happening in our program. It's, I wouldn't say it's an expectation, but it's pretty close to an expectation when you've been there, you know, six out of the last seven years that it's going to, you know, we're going to be in the hunt. So um, this is a new group of athletes, uh, new team, new chemistry, but I cannot be more, you know, excited about what's about to happen. Well, as we kind of get ready to close up, how do you use the regular season, especially here at the beginning, you mentioned that, that great Midwest championship, you mentioned that race that, that happens at the end of October. How do you really use what happens in the regular season to prepare you for that meet that, that's so important? Well, I think it, it comes down to team running. It comes down to individuals improving on certain phases of their races. And it comes down to staying healthy. You know, it's all those things together have to work in your favor to put the best team on the line at the conference meet, regional meet, and hopefully national meet. And when those things happen, it's um, it's pretty special. But what we have in the in the GMAC is a, just an unbelievable amount of um, talent in cross country and track. Um, you know, other than the RMAC out west with all the Colorado schools at altitude, um, we're pretty good, you know, depth wise. I mean, what Finley has in their front runners, what Tiffin's brought in this year, what Cedarville's bringing back in 50 years um, on the men's side, it's it's pretty special. And the same, same goes for the women's side. It's, we have one of the best conferences and the athletes know it. Um, and when we towed line at the end of the year, it's not just racing, it's racing as a conference, racing together. And there's a lot of respect amongst the programs that, um, you know, might not happen in other sports, but it certainly happens in our sport. Um, and we're all pulling for each other um, when we're not going against each other. So it's, it's just a great, um, great place to be and it's a great place to coach for sure. 
Well, we definitely look forward to hopefully a, a slew of GMAC runners at the regional and national meet this year. And we will see you on October 21st for the Great Midwest Cross Country Championship. Rob, we appreciate your time today. Best of luck these first few weeks. And uh, we uh, will hopefully be catching up with you at some time there at the end of the year. Very good. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure being on. Joined now by Cedarville Cross Country Head Coach Jeff Bollinger. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. We're so happy to have you. Yeah, great. Great to be here. Thanks. Well, I, I want to go ahead and, and ask you a few questions just kind of as the season really gets kicked off. Um, on the women's side, uh, you return as the defending GMAC champs. As you get going here in the first month or so of the cross-country season, what are some of those things that, that you really talk to your team about? Um, you know, you may have that X on your back, obviously, as the returning champs, but, but how do you kick off the season on the right foot? Uh, we, we just emphasize uh, doing the right things. We emphasize making sure that we're prepared, uh, making sure that we're taking care of the little details, uh, trying to be, you know, the best that we can be, try to get a little bit better every day um, and kind of embracing what, uh, you know, what's in store for the day, you know, that we have. Some days are hard, some days are easy, but just making sure we do everything we can to reach our potential. Well, you talk about some of that. I, I think leadership obviously is a huge thing with, with any team sport. Who are some of those folks that um, you're really looking to lean on this year to kind of help lead this program? That's a, it's a good question. Um, you know, we, we have four captains uh, that, uh, that lead the team. Uh, and, and right now, um, none of them are really running. With, for various reasons, or not running very much anyway. So uh, it, it's going to be an interesting journey, again, when you when you turn over as many seniors as we had last year. Um, so, you know, it's going to be a little bit interesting to see how, you know, that leadership shows up on the, on the, on race day and in practice. Um, you know, the, the, our captains are, are great people, and they're doing a fantastic job leading. But again, w since they're not really running very much, uh, it's a little bit of a um, – a journey and learning as we go. Well, I think that's an interesting thing. When you talk about the preseason and cross country, um, you know, the, these um, athletes have been working and training all summer. Obviously, they get back to campus and, and they don't have a whole lot of time before you start running a race. So, you know, what does that look like on, on the cross country side as far as, you know, trying to get things out on the right foot before we see you guys in October for GMAX? Yeah, that's a really good question. And, you know, every coach has a different take on this, but my philosophy has always been, uh, you know, we want to run well when it matters. And for us, what really matters is GMAC regionals and, and maybe a trip to nationals. So, you know, that's kind of our focus. Um, when we do compete, we want to compete well, but ultimately, you know, we're gearing up to the end of the season uh, and that's our focus. How do you use these first few races here at the beginning of cross country season to really kind of show your team what you're about so that you can hopefully peak at that right point when you get to GMAX and then hopefully make that run at regionals and nationals. Yeah, I, I guess I look at everything as a, a learning experience and kind of a teachable moment. And so, you know, when we, when we have a meet, there's always something that we're trying to gain from that, something that we're trying to learn, try, uh, something that we're trying to improve upon. And so, you know, obviously our, our sport is different from, from so many others where you have home and homes and all those kind of things and conference schedule really matters along the way or you, you don't end up in the tournament at the end. Um, so we're, we're trying to learn each, each race that we run. There's a purpose there. 
uh, trying to get a little bit better, trying to, you know, learn how to adjust to a 6K. Obviously, our freshmen have never run 6Ks before. And so, you know, again, just trying to learn and get better um, as the season progresses. Well, Jeff, uh, we talked a little bit about GMAX and, you know, wanting to run your best there at the end of the year. What does that race specifically in October for the Great Midwest Championship, how do you feel like uh, the competition or, or just having your team all there together to run against conference opponents, what does that do to hopefully help propel you into the rest of the postseason? Yeah, the, the GMAC is just a tremendous conf, uh, conference to be involved with. Uh, in, uh, incredibly talented teams, um, you know, cross country. There's been a lot of teams that have been at nationals and placed really well at nationals over the years. Um, and so we're excited to be a part of that. Uh, we want to do the best we can. We want to perform well on that weekend. And, you know, it does, it, you know, pretty much like everything else, it does come down to one game or one day or one weekend. And so we're going to we're going to put emphasis on that and, and try to run well there. Um, you know, the girls are in pursuit of a conference championship, and that's a good thing to pursue. Uh, I'm guessing there's a lot of teams and there's a lot of really strong teams in the GMAC women's cross country. And so uh, looking forward to a, a great day at Malone. And I know it's going to be a hilly, challenging course um, from what we've heard. So that, that'll be a little bit of an unknown. Uh, I don't think they've run on that exact course before. Um, but uh, it'll be much different than last year's course. It was, uh, you know, flat and fast. And so it'll be a new challenge and a great opportunity. Well, thanks, Jeff. We wish you the best of luck throughout the regular season, and we'll see you in a few weeks in October for the Great Midwest Championship. Awesome. Thanks, Katie. Have a great day. To them, the whole world looks like an opportunity, one to be seized, built upon, and made better for their sport and the people around it. To student athletes, every opportunity is a chance to change what could be and show the world what opportunity can do. All right. Well, join now by University of Finley golfer Gabby Woods. Gabby, thanks for hopping on with us. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, one of the reasons we've got you on here is you had a, a pretty big event and a pretty big summer on the golf course. Want to talk a little bit about that and then a little bit about your time at Finley and maybe get to know you a little bit better. We'll, we'll play a little game here at the end before we wrap up. But um, for, for those who don't know, Gabby was able to, to represent herself and the University of Finley and um, all of that at the, the U.S. Amateur this summer. Just talk about that experience and what that was like, um, getting to compete in that event. And then we'll ask you a little bit uh, about how you got there. Okay, um, so I competed at Bel Air Country Club in Los Angeles, California. Um, the experience was unbelievable. Um, the golf was great. The course was the best I've ever played. Um, the competition was unreal. I believe that me and Ansi Dye from the University of um, Indi Indianapolis, uh, we were the only two D2 golfers there. So that was pretty big. Um, it was very neat to see. Um, who all was there. There's some pretty big names um, that I had heard of. Um, so it was kind of, it was just a different world out there, I guess um, is how I would say it. But overall, it was unbelievable, something I for sure won't forget. So, yeah. 
Well, you know, you talked about some of those big names and some of the people that you were able to compete with. What was it like kind of stepping on a stage like that? It's obviously, and I'm assuming a lot different than a lot of the other tournaments you've played in growing up and as a collegiate golfer. But what was it like just kind of being amongst golfers of that caliber? Yeah, it was um, was definitely the biggest um, thing that I've done individually um, in my golf career. So it was definitely um, the biggest stage I've played on. Um, Just, it was was definitely a different caliber, but once I got there and saw, you know, playing the practice round and, you know, competing the first day, I realized and had to give myself a little more credit than I was just because, you know, I saw that even though – we sometimes don't get recognized D2 in a sense that we're as good as D1 golfers. Like sometimes, you know, we are like we work just as hard and we work hard to get to places like that and, you know, where we want to go. And I think that um, at the end of the day, I was able to find out a few more things about myself that, um, you know, I, I can compete at that level and so can other people if they just set their mind to it. So I, I was really excited to represent D2 and, you know, everybody playing for D2 because that was very important to me. Sometimes I feel like we're overlooked and, you know, we're some of the best athletes out there. So, well, it's interesting that you say that because I wanted to ask you how you felt or if you felt at all that playing in a tournament like that and then Turner turning around and getting to play your senior season at Finley, if you felt like maybe you had a little extra boost of confidence or maybe a little extra boost heading into the fall season, just knowing that you, you had played against that type of caliber and that you had maybe learned some stuff about yourself as a golfer, or as a person along the way. Yeah, I definitely did. Um, I think that gave me a big confidence boost, um, especially this whole summer. Um, I think that, you know, being able to not only compete against those girls at that high level, but, you know, playing pretty decent, um, at least the first day, um, showed me that, you know, I can play to the best of my ability, even though I may not have my best stuff that day. Um, So it did show me a lot about myself. Um, It gave me a lot more confidence in myself, the belief that, you know, I can do bigger things um, outside of what sometimes I may think I can do. So I'm very thankful that it came at this time. You know, some people, you know, wish it would come earlier, but, you know, at the end of the day, God has a plan and, you know, he put me in that situation when he did and I'm very thankful for it so going into fall and spring I'm, I'm very excited and ready to get started so yeah well based on my research as an Ohio native you were one of only two Ohioans that played in the entire tournament you, you talk about representing D2 you got to represent the state of Ohio you were representing the University of Finley you know what was that like to represent all those facets that you've touched as a collegiate golfer and as a high school golfer and growing up playing golf, what was it like to represent all of those people on a stage like that? Unbelievable, especially coming from Ohio and especially playing at Finley, you know, the winners can get pretty tough here. So um, it's a little rough to you know practice and get your game going in the winter when, you know, people are in Florida or practicing all year long, like it's, it's very hard and it kind of puts us at a disadvantage, but um, you don't let that stop you. And to be able to show that, you know, those adversities don't affect um, golfers like me or, you know, anybody 
playing in situations like that is, you know, I was glad to be able to represent not only Ohio, but, you know, my hometown, Finley, D2, everybody. Like, I felt that I was a big part in um, not only showing people what they can do, but, you know, I was able to make them proud of where they come from, too, so. Well, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about the journey and what it takes to get to the U.S. Amateur in itself. So for the people who don't know, talk about what this summer was like for you and how you ended up qualifying for that tournament. Um, so I started off playing in the U.S. Open qualifier. Um, I shot pretty well my first round. It was 36 holes in one day. Um, my second round was a little rough. Um, it put me back and I didn't qualify, obviously. But And then I headed to the USAM qualifier in Dayton, Ohio. And I ended up shooting two under um, to be co-medalist there. So that was automatic um, qualification. And then before I headed off to California, I played in the Ohio Amateur. And um, I ended up winning that. Um, it was a medal match play event after um, the stroke play event to CETA. So um, that gave me a big boost um, going into California. And um, just to keep it rolling, I mean, the summer was absolutely unbelievable I got to play courses that you know I never would have gotten the opportunity if I didn't sign up to play or you know have worked hard to be the player I am today so um this summer was just unbelievable getting up to the point of California I think California just really just is kind of the icing on top of the cake so yeah yeah, what a perfect way to, to come back and start school and get ready to, to play for the Orange and Black. Well, I want to kind of switch gears a little bit. We talked a little bit about how this summer could help propel you into your fall and spring at the University of Finley. But I kind of want to ask you about your time so far at UF. We talked a little bit about what you've been able to do individually. Your time at UF hasn't been too shabby either. Um, you know, the... The Oilers are five-time defending GMAC champs. You were our individual medalist last year at GMAX. What has your experience been like at Finley and being able to play golf for the Oilers? Um, my experience at Finley has, oh, my gosh, it, I really can't even put it into words. Um, from when I came in as a freshman, um, you know, I think Coach Dom really, uh, he saw something in me and um, saw something that could get better as time went on and that's where I feel like um everything has just come together I mean he's not only his belief in me but my teammates um I think the the camaraderie that we've built and you know the aspect of family that we've built is what has gotten us to what we've done so far um not only winning the GMAC um me doing individual things or us as a team you know winning a national championship like I think a lot of that is from what not only he has created, but what we've created as a team. Um, so yeah, it's been, it, my time here has been unbelievable and I, I can't fathom that it's my last year. Um, so it hasn't necessarily hit me yet, but it will eventually. And I know that at the end of it, I'll be like, man, I'm, I wish I had it back, but you know that's that's how life goes. So, well, we don't have to talk about the end yet. You've got you've got two whole seasons of golf in the fall <laughs> and spring. We we won't look at that whole part of it yet. But you mentioned the national championship. What was that experience like? Uh, you know, being able to tout being the best in the country in Division Two with the girls that you were able to do with it, and the coach that you mentioned in Coach Dom Winery. Just what was that like? Um, 
coming home and, and seeing the homecoming from the, the Finley community um, and then being able to con continue to represent the Oilers over the next two years. Yeah, I think um, we've talked obviously a lot about it since it happened. And one of the biggest things is I think that that was the best push for us to believe that we can do it again. Um, you kind of don't necessarily, I mean, you always hope to do it and you always have that sort of belief to do it, but until you do do it, that's the final step to, okay, we can do this again. And I think ever since that we've done that, we've always had the mindset like, you know, we're going to win a national championship. And if it doesn't happen, you know, necessarily that's not, you know, not always the best team wins or not always you're going to do it. It's especially in the game of golf, but um, that is definitely, you know, built our confidence as a team and, um, so yeah, it's just that experience that day was unbelievable. It's funny because we have a picture, a poster actually of all of us up in the building and the golf facility. And, you know, we live through those pictures because we always joke, we're like, we blacked out when, you know, the final putt went in and like we started celebrating. So, um, we kind of live through those pictures now. And like, even looking back now, it feels like, oh my gosh, like that was almost, that'll be two years ago in May or, you know, so it's, it's still very hard to believe. Um, but I think it did a lot for us individually and as a team. So it's, yeah, it's something, once again, I will, I will never forget. The memories I, I have here and have built with the team are just, oh, it's, it's crazy. So it's awesome. Well, that 2021-22 season obviously culminated with a national championship. You turn around last year and you, again, qualify for the national championship. You don't come away with the hardware. How do you take – winning a national title and then qualifying for nationals, but not quite meeting that goal. How do you guys use that moving into your senior year as a team, knowing you've kind of been on both sides of this as a team now, right? Where you've won it all and then maybe you didn't perform the way that you had hoped or wanted. Um, how does that propel you individually as a leader on this team um, into this 2023-24 season? So I think um... – Obviously, last year, like you said, we didn't really get the job done. Um, but I think that we had a lot of positives to take away. I mean, we went for our second consecutive regional championship and our third GMAC championship, at least from when I you know, started here um, as a freshman. So, um, I mean, overall, I thought our season was great, even though, you know, we didn't get that last step. Um, it just didn't happen to be. Um, which, I mean, that's going to happen in golf, like I said. But um, I think every year comes with, um, I guess, parts of it that push you to be better the next year. There's certain things. Um, not every year is the same and not every year is going to be the same. But there are specific aspects that really um, drive you to get better and to want to get back into that situation and, um, you know, beat teams that, you know, are always there and, you know, tend to win quite a bit and you want to be the best. And, you know, to do that, you've got to use those hard times as, you know, your motivation to get better and to work. And, you know, sometimes it gets long in the winter and, you know, getting ready for spring season. But we always try to tell each other, like, you got to keep your your eyes on the prize. Like, it will come eventually. So, 
Well, you guys start your fall season here in a, f a few short days and um, come out as number five in the preseason poll. So we obviously wish you guys all the best and we'll be looking forward to seeing you this spring at, at GMAX. But before I let you go, we've talked a lot about golf. Uh, I want to get to know Gabby a little bit better. So we're going to play a little rapid fire questions. Okay. So okay. Right. first thing that comes to your mind, some of it will be golf related. Some of it will not be golf okay. related. So, all right. All right. We're going to start with the, the first question. Um, go-to meal. Oh, um, I would say my go-to meal would probably be, oh, see, I'm not a picky eater, <laughs> but um, I, would say, I would say pizza probably. I love pizza. It's always a good, uh, you know, you can get different toppings when you're feeling, you know, what you want. So yeah, I like pizza a lot. Do you have a favorite pizza topping or a favorite pizza combination? Um, I like like, well, back home, we call it deluxe, so it's, like, everything. It's, like, green peppers, you know, sausage, everything. So, yeah, I like all the toppings, so. <laughs> Good choice. Me too. Um, favorite movie? Ooh, favorite movie. Um, gosh, that's a tough one, too. Um, this one's kind of different. You might not expect it, but uh, The Dark Knight, uh, the Batman movie. With, yeah, I like uh, Heath Ledger. That's a great movie, and I've always been a fan of it, so. <laughs> No, I think that's perfect. I like that movie too. Do you have a what about? Okay, so we're gonna keep the same kind of direction. Favorite TV show? Uh, Yellowstone. Yeah, I good like one. Good one. All right. Yeah. So, Gabby, if we opened your phone right now to whatever music app is your preference, what would be queued up on your phone? Um, what would be queued up is probably country. I'm a big. I listen to Morgan Wallen quite often. Um, Luke Combs, yeah. So country is probably my my most go-to. Um, I listen to it a lot. Everybody, as you can tell, I kind of have an accent. So everybody, you know, they're like, they're not surprised by that. But <laughs> so, yeah. That's all right. I'm from Alabama. So I get some flack <laughs> about my accent too. Um, beach yeah. or mountains? Um, beach, definitely. I'm a big beach gal. Yeah, I like to listen to the waves and yeah. Good choice. Well, any superstitions, whether it maybe be with the game of golf or things that you do or don't do out on the course or just any kind of superstitions? Um, I always play like so on golf balls. It's a certain number. Um, I either play. I like to play ones or threes. And I always have five tees in my pocket starting and like throughout the round. So if I re I replenish, then it's always five. So <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Soup or salad? Oh, um, I'm gonna have to go soup. I like broccoli cheddar soup a lot. <laughs> I like that too. So. Do you have any must haves in your golf bag, whether it be equipment related or a snack or something? What's, what's always going to be in Gabby Woods golf bag? Um, what's always going to be in my golf bag, uh, snack wise, I'd probably say, um, like granola bars, I love granola bars, um, probably Gatorade too. I'm a big Gatorade person. Sometimes I get tired of water. So, um, so yeah, I put Gatorade in there, um, beef jerky. That's another good one. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty simple when it comes to that, but <laughs> are you a dog or cat person? Or neither, I guess. That's an option, too. Definitely definitely dog. Definitely dog. Yeah. Do you have a dog? Uh -huh. Yeah. 
Um, I do not. I used to when I was a kid, but I do not right now. I'm trying to talk my parents into getting another one, but it's not going too well. So, <laughs> um, you may have mentioned this earlier, but I'll, I'll ask you again just so you can think about it. But your favorite golf course you've ever played on? Mm-hmm. I know I said Bel Air. Um, so that is one of them, obviously. Um, but another is um, American Dunes in Michigan. So, yeah, Coach um, took us up there a couple years ago, and it was unbelievable. So, yeah, that would be another one of mine. Well, if golf wasn't taking up uh, arguably most of your free time, what would be what would you be doing? What would be some other hobby or maybe another sport? Is there anything in there that Gabby Woods, like a secret or hidden talent? <laughs> um, I don't know if I would, like, be as – decent as I used to be but if I wasn't playing college golf I'd probably be playing softball um I used to play when I was younger but I had to pick between the two because the swings don't really combine but um if I wasn't playing sports um I don't know what I would be doing it's kind of hard to vision that life without golf and taking up all that time but um but yeah so nothing nothing like stands out to me that I would be doing but you know so if you had to name your funniest teammate, who would it be and why? Um, I would probably say – I'm going to go back. This was last year. I'm going to say Jill Schmidt-Meyer. Um, she's no longer here. She graduated last year, but she was definitely one of the funniest on the team, just some of the stuff she'd say. And, you know, we're just like, Jill, seriously. You know, she's always making you laugh. So I got to go with Jill on that one. <laughs> good answer. Good answer. Well, if there is one person that you could choose to play a round of golf with, whether golfer or non-golfer, who would it be? Um, I would probably say Michael Jordan. Yeah. Big, he was big into golf, but also that would just be so cool. So, <laughs> good answer. So, yeah, I, I Michael Jordan. Good answer. Yeah. Um, if you could change one thing about the game of golf, what would it be? Um, I'd probably take out um, Heather. Like in the, <laughs> it's kind of weird, but I would take out the Heather on courses. Um. I actually, so GMAC this past year, I got stuck in there and it was just, oh, it was rough. I ended up coming out of there with a quad. So I was like, you know what? Get that out of here. Like, there's no need for all that. So <laughs> that's probably one thing I would take out. So, yeah. Good answer. Good answer. Um, texting or talking? Um, I'm definitely a texter. It depends on who you are. If I want to talk to you on the phone, that sounds terrible, but. I think it's valid. That's totally valid. That's totally valid. All right. And the the final question we actually got sent in. So somebody knew that you were going to be on this podcast and they wanted me to ask you how much whole milk you drink in a week. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, I, (laughs) it's not as much now, but, um, it was, it was quite a bit back a few years ago. Um, What's the story behind the whole milk? Well, I've drank whole milk since I was a kid, and it was just like every other type of milk always like felt watered down to me, and I just I hated it. I couldn't stand the taste. So um, when we went to regionals, it would have been my freshman year. I went grocery shopping with Coach, and I said, Coach, can we get some whole milk? And ever since then, he just like made fun of me for it. So <laughs> so now it's a running joke, but I don't buy anything else besides whole milk. 
so <laughs> did you have to cut back you said you used to drink more than you do now <laughs> I mean like I would drink it quite a bit like I would just always drink it like at night sometimes it would sound good and then um like if like I was eating cookies and milk, like you gotta have milk with your cookies you know that's just how it goes but yeah so I mean I drink it quite a bit but and then when I was a kid I'd always drink chocolate milk so and it was always made with whole milk so <laughs> I uh, I bet you can guess who asked me to ask you that. They're probably sitting in the room with you right now. But they uh, they they said I had to ask you. So I need to know the story behind the whole milk before you got off the podcast. (laughs) All right. Well, Gabby, I've learned a ton about you. Uh, Maybe you learned some stuff about yourself. I don't know the last time you were asked some of these questions. So we do appreciate your time today and best of luck. Uh, in in the fall and then in the spring and um, we appreciate the way you've represented the University of Finley in the great Midwest on a national stage and we look forward forward to seeing what's what's next for Gabby Woods well thank you guys so much for having me I appreciate it I've I've enjoyed it so thank you